Welcome to the Big Brain Chungus Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan. What is up? I Hello. do want to say a quick thing, Anthony. I'm, uh, I don't know if you know, but Amar is not with us today. He's actually, very fascinatingly, he's in Palestine. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm sure what a, you know, he could have been in any country. So that's uh, nothing significant or interesting about the country of or unrecognized <laughs> territory well, you of know, Palestine. He's having a kind of spiritual, you know, he's from Palestine. So he's having a kind of like spiritual journey just visiting it. He says he's cried many, many times being there. He's never been there before. He knows where he said... I mean, I'll, I'll let him speak to it next time he comes on, but it was just a very fascinating conversation to have with him uh, about what his experience has been like in Palestine. So hopefully is, next in two weeks he'll be here. He can talk about it a little bit more. Is the IDF going to bulldoze my house now? Like, what, what have <laughs> well, you he's, brought well, he's, He said, actually, that it, the, that's part of the bad bad experience he's been having is this He's like constant experience of humiliation by the IDF. Uh, he has to constantly show people his passports every single second. You know, imagine imagine you're in the states in Baltimore or in New York City or in LA or in San Diego or in what else is another capital of America? Toronto, Chicago, uh, Chicago. There you go. And every time you're walking down the street, somebody comes up to you and says, "Can I see your papers?" Every time you want to cross into another area of the town, so a, a person from a that's different true. That would, would never happen in America, where they would yeah. check the papers of, let's say, a minority group, let's say, for example, <laughs> yes. Latinos or something. Yeah, can, can we and, see a license? Can we see a license? I would yeah. say that if they passed a law where you where cops were allowed to check um, the citizen status of some type, you know, a group of people or citizens in America, I would say that's essentially the government or the state basically being like, all right, we're just going to harass this group of people and we're going to make them feel unsafe. And they're always going to have to constantly prove their worth and prove themselves as real citizens. Not like the other real citizens, like, you know, white people like me that, you know, I don't have to prove myself. You know, I'm... I'm, well, when I'm was the proud... last time you've been pulled over by a cop? Like, it just oh. says you're driving. I mean, maybe when I was younger, but not yeah. any longer. You know, now that, that never I'm happens all anymore. suited up. Now that I'm an office yeah. worker, and I'm a yeah. middle class That's imaginable. Man. You know, no, if a cop never. pulls me over, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, I would get aggressive with them. Like, <laughs> how dare you fucking pull yeah. me over? I got sir, shit to do. Sir, what are you doing? <laughs> sir, I am very busy. And then Can I have your badge off. number? Yeah, Can give me I your badge number. I'm calling now. your manager. I'm filing a report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm filing a report. Yeah. yeah. But just try that as a black person. And the police officer yes. will be like, I'm sorry. I'll uh, yeah. please step outside so I can shoot you and get this over with right now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, death by a cop. Uh, I guess he wanted to die today. Or, or yeah. you call to file a report with the manager. And they're like, we're very sorry, sir. We're sending someone over a uh, unit <laughs> over right now to go beat you yeah. up and shoot you Um, yeah yeah no i mean it's fucked up that's the thing you know like i was watching this um uh i know guys i'll get into the heavier politics just just allow me there there was a really interesting uh show i was watching about like how a bunch of african-americans for the first time were going to liberia and how it was such a transformative experience to them because they said it was the only time they never felt like a minority in a country 
So it was like the perfect destination for them to, you know, for a more affluent uh, African American to visit. And I, I, mean, I it's kind of totally a understand. nasty. It's kind of a nasty story, though, uh, the it's, formation it of is, Liberia. It's, it's sad. Oh yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. like basically yeah. uh, uh, African Americans go over to Liberia and they basically become the elite and dominate and exploit the locals of Liberia. It's kind of fucked up, yeah. actually. Because because uh, because materialism transcends. Race and materialism trans translates any type of sold solidarity that you can fucking make. You know, it creates a new solidarity when a new class emerges that are more affluent and different from the class that's there, and then they're going to use that in combined resources and exploit everybody else. That's just the nature of class relations. There's nobody that's safe from it. If it were very true, let's say hypothetically that one, you know, I don't believe race does not exist. Okay, it does not. I'm colorblind, actually. Okay. I don't see race. <laughs> No, society. I, whenever someone says, rape. "Oh," whenever someone says, "Like, oh, this is a black person or a white person," I'm like, "You're like, I, I, I don't see that. I, I, <laughs> I don't see it." I, uh, I say, no. "How do? You, how can you tell?" I treat everyone. <laughs> I treat everyone. I treat everybody the same, and equally. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, but so the thing is, it's a societal construct, right? It's not a real thing in existence. So society treats it as if it's real. Even though scientifically, there's no scientific basis for race. It is completely non-existent, okay? This is like undisputed scientific consensus. It's completely a societal construct that people create in order to have relations with each other and create each other in classes and hierarchies. You know, that's what it is. So when people go... So, you know, if it were somehow true that, like... Anyways, I, I don't know what I'm getting off on, but let's just, I guess, move on. Well, to, have you... Yeah been breathing in the toxic waste which we now call air have you been breathing yeah it's in been absolutely yeah give me fucking respiratory infection uh i mean I, I was like coughing mucus and the worst fucking experience this summer has not been fun on the east coast we've had a deal with fucking it's not been let's just call it white boy summer this year it's been awful mm -hmm. You, half the time you can't breathe when you go out because the air quality is so fucking low and you see people jogging out there and uh, part of me wants to roll down a window and say, hey, have you seen the fucking weather reports? It's I mean, shitty. It, it was and, certainly something going outside and you know, looking heat. at the sky Jesus. and seeing that it's like orange during the middle of the day. It's, yeah. And like there's a layer of smog all around the city. And it smells like burning smoke. Like I feel I, uh, closer, man, for the blue collar people who are out there still doing their jobs without any kind of fucking masks or equipment. I know it's there just, were a bunch of construction workers, and they're just no masks, working. just working their asses off in a hundred degree weather. She, uh, no water in sight, you know. And then there's a supervisor in a cooled trailer, you know, watching Fox News in the background. Being saying, like, hey. these immigrants are very lazy, actually. And <laughs> yeah. they're, they're actually both stealing the jobs, but also very lazy and yeah. sucking the teat of the government and not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, even though the even, non-citizens. Even though, even though it's what's fucked up about this country is that undocumented immigrants and undocumented people pay into social security and into medicaid and into medicare and all to they pay their taxes get deducted and these programs get paid for and legally they can't even get the benefits of these programs when they need them so their money goes into supporting it and they have zero access to it because they don't have social security numbers well they so, pay taxes and get nothing out of it basically yeah yeah nothing they pay yeah nothing 
Okay, and then we we dangle in front of them. Hey, you might become a citizen one day. And let's be real, it's never good. It's you have to be fucking perfect. You can't have if you have a single bad day. Okay, and you get stressed out and frustrated, and you do something you know you shouldn't do. You're basically fucked. Not because a lot have of people seen... know that if you do commit a crime while you are in the process of becoming a U.S. citizen, you get deported. Fucking... Yeah, yeah, they don't give a shit. You know, and 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 I could do, I could talk, you know, I worked in immigration law for a while. I'll tell you, even the question set that these people are supposed to answer. It's like five fucking hundred questions. They they ask you every single fucking question. You know, where you're a member of the of some kind of fucking radical group in your country. Blah blah blah. Just like a million questions. And I feel sorry for the person who's who who I have to ask this before I can file their immigration work. You know, because they're like, holy shit, this is it, it takes hours. They're exhausted, and at the same time, they don't know half what the fuck half the questions mean. They don't even know why they're being asked this. They and they feel like they have to judge. It's a humiliating process. Imagine being asked, "Have you ever been convicted for a crime in your home country? Uh, you know, do you have any of these uh, horrible things?" It's not a thing you want to talk about. I don't know. I just feel, I feel yeah. bad for them, man. It's, it's and, fucking and, cruel. Well, in addition to the wildfires in Canada, I uh, I heard a theory. What do about the know, heat? What about the well, heat? Hold on, hold on. The wildfires in Canada. So they're fucking ginormous. These wildfires have been burning for weeks now, and they're probably not going to stop burning for the entire summer. And that's, you know, I'm sure everyone saw the photos of New York City basically looking like uh, cyberpunk or like some post-apocalyptic, you know, wasteland with the sky being blotted out by soot and smog. But I heard a theory. I had a very, uh, somebody I know told me, that the reason why they can't fight the fires is because the Canadian Fire Department has been focusing too much on hiring women and minorities to fight oh fires. Oh my, who, who, pray tell me, who told uh, you that? No, no, I can't say because oh, I can't whoa. say. But to me, look, so that's like something that's going through the right wing, you know, <laughs> blogosphere uh, when it was happening. And it just blows my mind. What do they think? How do they think fires are fought in the modern world? I mean, what do they think? They don't think they're fucking dropping uh, fucking water from planes and using uh, heavy duty equipment. This well, you see, the thing is, is, the women just and the minorities, you know, they're being hired to, not for their skills. You they know, have a physical exam. You don't just they don't just show up and say you're a fucking firefighter. There's there's a test that they have to fucking do that's extremely arduous. Well, I just love the idea that, like, you know, <clears throat> they're, like, trying to fight the fires. There's a bunch of proud white Canadian men that have been fighting fires no, for generations. And then, like, you're like, fired! And, and Macron, <laughs> uh, not Macron, uh, the other, the Canadian prime minister, he's like, no, 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 hold them back. Hold them Walking. back. And they're like, sir, yeah. sir, we, we have the water. We can nip this fire right in the butt. And they're like, no, hold them back. We need to wait for the black minority uh women's yeah, brigade immigrants. to actually put yeah, out the fire and they let yeah. half this country burn and uh yeah. the the smoke actually from the canadian wildfires it's been t- uh blown over to chicago it's been blown all the way down to fucking georgia even uh it's been blowing all the way yeah, portugal the yeah portugal was actually getting Portugal and Spain was actually getting... That's not part of America. We don't care about that. We don't care. That's true. That's true. Actually, I wish... Yeah. That's uh, that's where it's supposed to go. 
Yeah, it should have flown towards the Portuguese. Yeah. We, okay, that's problem. a good idea. We, I have a solution to the wildfires. It's not yes. the obvious thing you're thinking, which is to uh, you know cut our carbon emissions and maybe try to like treat the Earth better. No, wrong, no, bad answer. Bad. No, the real answer is giant fan. Well, giant, maybe that's why they're building all the giant, the giant windmills. Have you asked that? You know those giant windmills. I know. Maybe to push the bad air. See to blow. Yeah, the windmill farms are gonna blow the bad air into over to Euro- the Europeans. Let them that's see how I they think. like it. Exactly. That's, that's what we need problem. to do is we need to have giant fans that blow all the bad air out of America. And, and it'll block the their solar panels and then they'll have to buy more American coal and stimulate more growth. And it's oil. Fucking that's genius. It, yeah, yeah. You so, can't have enough of that. Oil is, you need that more. We all so know that. In, in addition to the not being able to go outside and breathe, um, there's record-breaking high temperatures. It I think it was disgusting. something like... The past seven or eight days have broken the the okay so uh, of the top ten hottest averages uh, on Earth, seven or eight of the past days have broken that record. Are now the top eight, seven or eight hottest averaged global temperatures. So I don't know about you, but I don't think we're supposed to be breaking records day after day, every single day. For a week well, straight. you're not an American, obviously. Our whole point is to break records, okay? Every record must be broken in the pursuit of uh, growth and development. So, it's that's I don't trust you, Anthony. So, it's been hot as fuck, basically. So, yes, it, it's, it was so hot that I was walking outside of the gym, and it's so hot and humid, um, like, my glasses fogged up immediately. Like, I step outside, immediately my glasses fogged up. This shit, I've never experienced this shit ever. Um, like I used to live in Florida, gross. and it feels worse than it would in Florida. It gets humid too. It's it's been fucking disgusting. I'm just saying, yeah, it's not been fun. Let's just say that. And imagine, once again, imagine. You know, I, I saw that rule that that law in Texas that passed. It said uh, they can deny construction workers water. And that's not a you know a violation of their labor laws or some bullshit that uh, they were talking about, and it's like that is just cruel, you know. Like w- what the fuck? Are these people supposed to just die from overexposure to the elements? I mean, just and imagine if you're unhoused right now. Just imagine if you're unhoused right now. You were just breathing in a bunch toxic of toxic dis- air, toxic air all summer, and now you're gonna you've been getting destroyed with this heat. And super flooding and rain and and you name it. Okay, it's not been, well. That's I mean, that's I, also the northeast. The northeast is flooding like crazy. Like Vermont, they're carrying all the fucking. You know, thank God Bernie Sanders wasn't up in Vermont because he'd be carried no. away in a giant flood. No, he's he, he's a, he's a tall, sturdy man. I believe he could swim. The I believe he's a good swimmer. He built he he built a boat. That's true. Yeah, he he built a boat. I, I think so. But, yeah, I mean, just so I'm just saying, you know, I mean, at least they give in more liberal cities, God bless them, at least they give some, uh, the unhoused people, some tents to live on. I saw people complaining about that. It's like, oh my God, you're encouraging them to, to stay. I'm like, yeah, where, where the fuck do you think they're going to go? I'd much rather them sit in tents and be comfortable and watch some TV. Like, what, you would rather they sleep in a cardboard uh, bed out in the elements? Like, you, people are so fucking cruel in this country to homeless people. Like, well, homeless people are basically, they're like basically not human, but this whole like 
wildfires, not being able to breathe the air, uh, you know, the high temperatures, the droughts in the Southwest, uh, the horrible flooding in the Northeast. You know, I honestly, it doesn't bother me because the air we breathe is a small price to pay for the glorious leader's enjoyment. I mean, Jeffrey Bezos, he needs that super yacht. He needs the yeah, best yacht ever. And really, you know, he needs that second yacht to follow the first yacht because, well, you know, where's the crew going to stay? The, what? Where's the you, third helicopter going to be parked at, you know? And then what about the third boat that supports the second boat that's, well, that's supporting the main yacht. super yacht? That's a support yacht. You need a support yacht to support your, you know, auxiliary yacht and your main yacht. That's I just mean, known. Jeffrey he needs a fleet. A super he needs yacht. a fleet. He needs a fleet. He needs to have as much ships as the U.S. had in World War II just sailing to support his ship. He needs the he needs his own Atlantic fleet of about yes. 20 to 30 ships, uh, you yes. know, cruisers. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you heard about the, uh, what is it, the killer whales uh, that have been attacking ships in the Mediterranean. Yeah, well, he he needs oh. defenses too, so he needs to be escorted by national guard. So all I'm saying is, is that you know I will breathe Wait. in the cancerous, oh. disgusting air with glee and smile because I'll know it was for Jeffrey Bezos is as comfortable as possible. Yeah, Jeffrey Bezos was able to get a two to three percent growth year over year on his and yeah. create so much shareholder value for his shareholders. Do you know how much does yacht cost, by the way? A hundred and twenty. Oh, I don't know, three bill or something like that. It's something fucking ridiculous, right? So, so the the rule of yachting and expenses, because Business Insider wants me to know this to just remind me how poor I am, is that a yacht needs. So let's say let's say hypothetically his yacht costs is a hundred million dollars. Okay, which is fucking outrageous. Broke, broke bitch. Yeah. And it's probably it's probably it's probably five hundred. Okay. Maybe outrageous Honestly, for you. It's maybe five hundred. So, do you know how much it costs? The operating costs uh, and fixed costs for a yacht is every year. Okay, I don't you know know. several mi- se- several million a year. Think of it in percentage of the yacht's value. How much do you think your what the overhead maybe, is? Maybe twenty percent of the yacht's. It value. is exactly twenty percent. You have to nail the fucking good. head. I'm very. You're, good you're a finance that. boy. That's what they teach you yeah. in, in fucking Florida finance school. They're like, yes. yachting is an essential product of the Florida scene, and They're you fucking like, kids get to learn how to do accounting. Yeah, in corporate finance four hundred one, <laughs> they. Uh, they taught me. They're like, remember, this is going to come up many times in your career. <laughs> yes. Not costs yes. are twenty yeah. percent depreciation, um, and <laughs> so yeah. So and by the way, you you incur these costs for when, even when it just sits on in the fucking dock. Okay, and this is not even uh, the cost of an engine change, which can you know, which sometimes have to rip a hole in the side of the fucking super yacht, pull out the engine and do repairs, and then put it back in, which means it has to be docked. So I'm just saying. And by the way, you know, they're saying so. Jeffrey Bezos is spending potentially fifty, no, to a hundred million dollars a year in keeping his a five hundred million dollar yacht operational. Okay, that's just money to. Fucking have the crew to make sure the paint stays fresh because it's in the sea and the sea hates, hates uh, material. It destroys everything. So he has to fucking uh, apply expensive fucking uh, stuff to the wood on the ship so it doesn't get destroyed from the wall. Just an outrageous amount of money, okay? 
And he may he realistically, how long is this guy going to be in the yacht every year? He probably goes maybe a day or two or a week. And I you imagine know, maybe four times a year, maybe if he uses the yacht, maybe. I think I, th- I think they're buying these yachts as kind of like an escape plan for global, uh, you know, catastrophe where they can just bounce. You know, the poor billionaires are buying homes in New Zealand. The super rich are getting these escape yachts. If you get another well, pandemic, you know how nice it's going to be on your fucking boat. I mean, I'm I'm working on it. I'm hoping to avoid uh, affordable boat, but I don't have enough employees to exploit every you know piece of labor out of them. But you gotta get more. It's funny though, with all this climate change talk, you know, which is fake, created by China, obviously. Obviously, um, to stop our yeah. developments. The Democrats are in on it, as we yeah. all know. So the obviously the fake climate change is happening, and there's a place called Arizona. So oh, I no. took a trip to Arizona recently. Hot as fuck, if you're wondering. Very dry. It's uh, nice. it's it's the desert. It's you it's feel the healthier desert. there. People say the dry air helps uh, with the, their the dry air. Definitely feels good, but like when it's 120 something degrees, kind of cancels out any kind of like oh. dry air effect. So it was just hot as fuck. The sun I was think so you get powerful. Skin cancer automatically, right? As soon as you step oh, into yeah. the state, you just have. I it. got sunburn after five seconds of sitting out in the sun. So yeah, very powerful sun, hot as fuck. People shouldn't live there. We need to just ban people from living in Arizona. But I agree. There's a there's an article that we both read. And really funny. It, very interesting. So believe it or not, because the Republicans have ran. Uh, Arizona. They've ran that state. Yeah. John McCain, may God rest his soul, has lived there hey, for a hey, long time. Goldwater. Goldwater's from there too, you know. Yeah. Right, crazy, weirdo, wacko, right-wing conservatives have been being burned out of that yeah. hot, hot, disgusting heat for years, century, uh, decades now. And so, you know, you know, conser- Republicans, they love the free market. And, you know, Democrats do too but they try not to talk about it as much but so you know america we love the free market we love globalization um so arizona desert they have water problems obviously i mean country uh states that usually don't have water problems are having water problems we're having droughts so what do you think the desert's like so arizona they need to conserve their water but the republicans have privatized they've refused to uh, restrict water oh, access to private individuals. Yeah. So there's this funny situation where, according, you know, we read that uh, Washington Post article where Saudi Arabia is actually using Arizona water to grow alfalfa, which is a very water intense crop. And they're exporting that from America. They're using American water and exporting it to Saudi Arabia to feed their cattle and their cows or something. I don't know. They like milk. Yeah, from the dairy cows. Exactly. Yes. So I think it's hilarious because, you know, of course, you know, Republicans, if it was an American citizen taking all the water in Arizona, it'd be fine. But there was a a very funny quote. So the one of the commissioners... The land commissioner who was defending, uh, you know, the the Saudi uh, company from using all Arizona's water to grow alfalfa is, you know, he was saying that, you know, one, they're 
uh, being unfairly singled out. And he, Tom Bushansky, the water resources director, appointed, uh, appointed by Dulce, the, uh, the commissioner uh, in Arizona, published an op-ed telling readers of the Arizona Republic, don't freak out about Saudi alfalfa. These folks <laughs> have as these folks have as much a right as any other individual in the state of Arizona to grow their produce, grow their crops, sell them, and export them, he told the Associated Press. So that blows my mind. Because First of all, he's right though. He's right. Of, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, they're the people who made these fucking broken rules and every con the thing up so the, you know, what's important to state, so what exactly is globalization, right? I think it's good to explain that real quick. Globalization is the idea there are two types of globalization. There's like let's say the left wing perspective and the right wing perspective of globalization. The right wing, which is the one we all know controls global you know, ha has been at the forefront of pushing globalization, they believe it means that people get to be trapped in countries. So if you're in America, you can't just go and set up residence in Austria, for example, okay? So you lock people into, you lock, so what, what they call is called locking labor in regions, okay? So labor can't move independently, but capital, which is money and banks and investments and buying stuff, needs to be able to move anywhere it can without any restriction, so it, what that means is that an American company can go invest in Austria, Austria can go invest in America, and the money can move across stuff and take advantage of each other's labor, and the domestic country, Austria and America here, they can't use their power to restrict other investments from coming in. And there's a lot of reasons you want, I mean, there's a lot of reasons you would want to do this, you want to restrict it, because let's say you're in fucking Austria, and you're building cars, you don't want America to just be able to sell all their cars in Austria. Because what's going to happen is uh, the Austrians are not going to be able to... Uh, Americans who have been in the car market and been General Motors has been building cars for 100 years, they know how to build a car real fast and for real cheap if they wanted to. So they could flood the Arizonian market. I mean, sorry, the Austrian, Austrian. market. Yeah. With, and they'll with, kill the car industry. They'll kill the car industry. That's exactly the point. So, but under globalization, you cannot stop this from happening. I mean, we do it in other respects, but let's not get in, let's not get bogged down about how we cheat. So, you know, that's different from the left wing perspective, obviously, which says the opposite: capital has to be locked, but labor can move. So you have the inverse happening. You have different countries competing for people to come and live there, focusing on making it as nice as possible for those people, and we get to choose where we want to live. That is not what capital wants. So, and, so this Republican is exactly fucking right. Under the rules of globalization, any fucking country can come in and claim our resources and use it how they see fit, you know, if they can uh, buy it. And you see what the, pro the shortcomings of, of this is, is that the people in Arizona are not going to have any drinkable water in 100 years. You know, they're, they're going to have no fucking water to drink. And remember, we're a developed country, so we can always probably just pump a water from a different state uh, and fill up the re uh, reservoirs that are running low, okay? Or, you know, but if you, but let's say we don't do that and Arizona runs out of water, where the fuck are all the poor people going to go? Okay. Who can't afford to move? Who can't afford to sell their house? Well, Who's going to want to buy houses from them? Who wants to say, Nobody cares hey. about the poor people. Let's just get that out of the way. But the thing is, yeah. is this will affect middle class and wealthy people as well, though. 
because they yeah, own properties in Arizona. Value. Yeah. And if their properties, if they, if they're like, yo, I got this nice, two million dollar mansion. It's beautiful. It's great. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's lovely. Oh, perfect, Anthony. It's it's fantastic. Talking. But who is gonna buy this property if there's no water access? They're like, all right, don't worry. This house, it's got air conditioning. It's got a great view. You know, the bars, there's lots of beautiful restaurants. Really lovely neighborhood. But uh, also, um, you're going to have to import your water from halfway across the country. That's going to be kind of an issue. You know, I don't know about you, but I personally enjoy having drinkable water in my homes. So... Well, don't worry, I'm coming back. Uh, don't worry, the more entertaining coast is back. Okay, Anthony, as you were saying. Well, basically, these even if they're wealthy people in Arizona, they're going to have a hard time to sell their properties if they say, oh, there's going to be no hey, drinkable water so, here. So, so, sorry, one little thing about this property. No drinkable water. You know, I hope you don't have any dogs or have anybody that needs water because, um, I mean, you know, we yeah. don't have that here. I think I I do think it is a little bit overblown, especially the idea that we, they want to have water because I did watch Mad Max Fury Road, so I can see how a society that where people control water can equal to a fair distribution of power. So that's I, I'm true. Not, yeah, yeah, that's know. true. They'll just have to you know fight live the in their cars and and yeah fight. <laughs> it's the most bandits. American thing about living in your cars. You can just live in your cars all the time. And you can tinker, and you can fight other death bandits. It's amazing. I'm very excited. I'm going to move to Arizona so I can get yes. involved in this on the ground floor. Yeah. I'm going to start yes. my own gang. Yes, thank Yes, exactly. And we're going to spray yeah. like silver paint in our mouths. It's going to be great. It's, it's going, going to be awesome amazing. Time. It's going to be amazing. So I, I'm not against it, actually. But, I mean, that's the problem, you know, with this unregulated markets that the governors and – remember, this is – Fucking the Goldwater state, okay? Goldwater is literally the guy who introduced movement conservatism to America. It was from his personality, this rugged individualism, this, you know, cowboy capitalism, this every, you know, frontier capitalism that he wanted to, like, impose into the working class and, of course, protect all the real uh, protections to the corporations, obviously. Uh, you know, because they can't compete. You know, they have all the money, but that actually means they're weaker. So, but is, this is gold war estate, and it's yeah. And I think you're right. We should Arizona shouldn't exist. You know. Yeah, we should just, just get rid of it. That's the solution. make make it a national park. Okay, it's you just, know what? It's Let not, let's ex let's just start exporting all the water out of Arizona, so no one can live. Yeah, there. And speed it up. There's a couple. There's listen. There's a couple of states that shouldn't exist. We don't need two Dakotas. Okay, we just do not need two Virginias. That's one too many. There's too many. We don't need two Dakotas. We don't need too many fucking uh, Virginias. I got an Honestly. idea. Let's join the two Dakotas. Get rid of North mm-hmm. Dakota. Let's yep. join the two Virginias. Get rid of regular Virginia. Have it just yeah, be West, West Virginia. Virginia. Exactly. Over, yeah. just there's no West other Virginia. Virginia. It just says yeah. West Virginia. Just West Virginia. Virginia. And yeah. uh, make Puerto Rico state. And yep. fuck it. Let's make Guam a state too. I think we should combine states too. I think California should get split into four states. It's too big. It should. Uh, the, the West Coast should be just as divided as the East Coast. There should be just as many. Uh, st- uh, senators as the East Coast. Two, we should combine some of the more emptier states. We don't need 
a fucking New Mexico and an Arizona. That's too many desert places. We, we only need one. It's too much for Call me. Call it Desertia or something. Exactly. There's just too many de- desert fucking themed uh, states. We don't need that many. And do we, we really only... need a Wyoming? No. No. No, we don't. We'll just erase that one. This will be just illegal to get in there. Yeah. So so that's the fucking problem with this article, is that it really does expose the problem with this idea of, like... it's The problem with this Republican thinking is that they're approaching the world as if there's unlimited resources, and you can exploit it as much as possible. But there isn't. <laughs> it's it's an, an insane fucking way to run a country. So, there's, um... I, w- I want to get to our big idea section. So, this is a new segment that we're starting. Here's the question. Now, I was asked by a young man. He asked me, why are rich people conservative, but young people are so liberal or left-wing? What's going on? I thought, you know, Audubon Bismarck, he has that quote, he's like... If you're young and you're not a liberal, you have no heart. If you're old and not a conservative, you have no brain. And as you get older, you become more conservative. That's been the way the world works. What is going on? Why are older people more conservative? Why are young people more liberal? What's going on, I mean, that's such a great question, and there's so much to unpack there. I think the first thing to mention is that, I mean... there's a couple of ways to answer that question. There's a you can we can get into the nitty gritty of it, or we can give the the quick. Let's start off with at least the quick response before we get into the details. So I believe obviously that the reason why you know uh, I believe Marx is right. It has to do with your material conditions. The more wealth you have, the more land you have, the more shit you own, the more likely you are to support conservative causes and things that maintain your wealth because you don't have if you if you go to your really rich friend. Okay, or boomer parent or whatever, and you talk to them about like the concerns of the working class or the concerns of young people feeling like they'll never buy houses, they'll like brush you off because they they don't care about those issues. It doesn't affect them. It's like talking to them about student loan forgiveness. It they don't give a fuck. Okay, some some of the the rich ones don't give a fuck because their kids, first of all, probably don't have student loans because they're wealthy. Two. Okay, it's just not a concern for them, so you can't talk to them about those issues. So the reason why is because they they care about tax cuts. They care about making sure they can keep as much wealth as they have. They care about housing prices going up. Okay, because they it's they care about the stock market going up. So they tend to support conservative ideology because they have wealth. The reason why the young people are not conservative is because they have no assets. They have no wealth. They have no anything beyond student loans, debt, credit card debt, poor health, you know, extremely expensive health bills. So they're more likely to support left-wing issues, right? That's the basic philosophy behind this. And we can get into details about it, too, and why, you know, we're not going to see something that's been seen in prior generations, where normally what happens is younger people tend, as they get older, to become more conservative. You know, the hippies... Uh, turned out to be the boomers, you know. Uh, they they were hippies when they were young. They were anti-war. They were protesting. They seem, they seem pretty radical when they're younger. Yeah, exactly. 
what happened is they gained wealth. The, uh, all the ones who stayed true to the hippie causes probably got killed off or died a long time ago. And then people like... And then, you know, the ones that didn't ended up gaining wealth and just abandoned the ideas. And that's exactly normally what happens. And, you know, that just goes into material the material reality of what happens to people. So why that isn't happening anymore uh, is because... We don't because the wealth, the amount of wealth that's being created and giving down to younger generations is so little. Okay, that the, the those they have less of a reason to be conservative or to support society. They're having less kids. They're getting married much later. You know, marriage and kids and all this stuff is a way to protect wealth and to pass on wealth to another generation. Young people don't have to get married because they're pretty much living rent as renters, and they don't have a lot of them don't have assets. So like, marriage doesn't. Like, why would I get married? Like, what? To pass on and protect my 2007 Honda CRV <laughs> with 300,000 miles and, no, you and, know, and an engine that doesn't work kids. anymore and my yeah. 30K in student loan debt? Like, who, yeah, wh- who do I need to protect that from? Please, take yeah, it. Yeah, no, your creditors want you to pr- protect that debt. I pray every shit. day that I get into a car accident my car gets destroyed. Please. And yeah, I would love for problem. anyone to take my debt. So, so it's not that younger people are reading, you know, so younger people are, are tend to be more liberal because of that. And, uh, younger they're actually people, getting more liberal as they get older now, yeah, which is strange. Yeah. I would even, yeah, and I would say the less assets you have and the more debt you have, the more left-wing you're probably going to be. Because what, what does the left ultimately, what is the message of the left? What, what is it ultimately saying to young people? It's saying, hey... Support the left. We will make sure you get wealth, okay? Which will redistribute society's assets in a more in a way that's more fair, okay? And it's saying that, uh, yeah, we will redistribute your assets more, you know, fairly, maybe equally or equity or whatever. And we believe in general prosperity. We believe in a we believe in wealth creation of wealth for more people and more sustainably. So that's why young people tend to support left-wing causes. Now, if, I mean, I think it's important to also mention that it's not deterministic, right? There are a lot of, there are plenty of people who become wealthy and still uh, have liberal values. And, and of course, we don't mean conservative values. What we're not saying is, we're not saying conservative values, meaning conservative values that... Um, that support the Republican Party. Like, like, I, I, like, you know, you could be liberal and care about yeah. the family union, unit. Yes, you could, and, like, house, want, and housing and stocks and all that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you could, like, we're not necessarily talking about the social issues of, like, marriage, gay marriage, and abortion. That's not really relevant. I mean, it is relevant, but that's a little more advanced topic. Right now we're talking yeah. about the economic, the money issue. So, when we're talking about these issues, we're specifically focusing on the economics. Policies that give money to regular people versus policies that are conservative, that protect wealth. So, when, like, conserving or conservative literally means to conserve. So, like, when a rich person is conservative, sure, there's a bunch of social issues that they use to, like, distract us and you know, get people interested in politics, but ultimately it's about protecting their wealth. If someone's got, you know, is a billionaire or has several billion dollars, they're they're pursuing conservative economic policy 
that will protect those billions of dollars. So lower taxes, um, you know, maybe even dodging taxes or ability to protect their wealth, especially like, you know, getting rid of inheritance taxes and all sorts of ways that their money would get taken from them. Yeah, because the Democrats and the Republicans overwhelming support policies that protect wealth. The only difference is that the Democrats also favor some redistribution, you know, which is, but that's what Social Security is, Medicare is, Medicaid is. All these programs are redistributing wealth from, you know, to poorer people. That's, that is the central difference. So another, you know, there's a lot of evidence to support everything we're saying. It reams of evidence. I mean... We could just talking about the evidence for this alone uh, would probably take up like several hours of a podcast. There's a, for one quick example, there was an original. There was a Financial Times article that came out a couple months ago that were talking about this exact issue about how this one thing that's been boggling the mind of many thinkers and many academics and many economists is that we're not seeing the trend that normally we see, where as people get older they become more conservative. And the reason is, is because the wealth isn't being redistributed enough to create the, this, the, the problem with capitalism, the problem with our system, right? Is that it keeps extracting more and more wealth from the bottom. All these concepts of liberal and conservative, they mostly, you know, in the American context, uh, the way we look at it, really started after 1945 where we created a middle class society. Because prior to that, there was only really... 9% of the population was extremely impoverished, and 0.1% of the population had all the wealth. Okay, that's how it worked. It was called the Gilded Age. You know, that's what Mark Twain called it. And gilded means, even though it looks like gold, and the age looks amazing, it's actually shit that's covered in gold. Okay? So it's actually, there's no substance to it. And that's why we're calling this new age the new Gilded Age. Because we went away from this idea that everybody needs a house, everybody a car, a good job, a pension, good health care, and plenty of money for savings, to a society where there's zero savings, no one's saving any money, everyone's living paycheck to paycheck, people are one paycheck away from becoming bankrupt. Uh, like, like, I should be married and have kids right now, and own a house. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm approaching my 30s, and I yeah, you should not be grinding my ass day. off to, like, try and keep getting a higher, higher paying job. So I can hope to maybe one day, like, maybe own a house and maybe get married and maybe have children. And, and this is very different from, you know, a couple of generations ago where pretty much you would end, you there was a deal that was struck, okay, that said you go and you uh, compete against your fellow classmates and go and get a college degree. And once you become a college degree, we're going to give you an excess surplus of of the, of the lot of resources that you're entitled to, and the company who you're working for will basically keep you forever. You know, the old joke is that they would work at the same company for 50 years. I mean, it wasn't old, it was just what happened. You'd work at a company for 50 years, and by the time you leave it, they would give you a gold watch and throw you a retirement party, and you would have this great pension to go retire off. That's gone. People are working until their 80s now. And, uh, you know, there's article after article about a lot of... People can't stop working, so a lot of people during COVID said, well, most of the people who died were old. That's because academics and economists are living too affluently that they, any 80-year-old they know is retired. What they don't understand is that for working-class people, 80 is not when you fucking retire, okay? 80 is when you go start working at a gas station or at a fast food place or at a Walmart, 
okay, to start putting money in your that, pocket. That's I when will... you awkwardly try to get a job and people are like, you're too old and you have to like mm-hmm. find, you're desperate and you find a job that doesn't the pay very well. Yeah, the most exploitative job possible. So you can spend your golden years uh, as a cashier when you should at be Walmart. at home retiring. At Walmart, you know, while you should be retiring. So that's what, because they just can't. So the working class poor who used to have some kind of pension to fall back on, um, that's gone. Okay, now for the more affluent uh, class, let's call them, you know, the, spe- the professional class. They're also being fucking grinded down. So what's happening is, and I'm sure a lot of you who are listening can probably have real-life examples as, as this, is that parents are living in the house of their grandparents, um, and then are sometimes moving in with their millennial kids to consolidate, because housing is so expensive. These people, you know, retire by selling their houses, probably to Vanguard, and then end up staying with their kids to help uh, raise their kids, their kids' kids, and make uh, so they don't have to pay $20,000 to send their kids to a fucking pre-K or, or something. So this is just the problem with our society, you know, is that the old way of doing things, because wealth isn't being passed down any meaningfully, because the problem with this capitalist system is that it keeps sucking up wealth. And what does this do for a lot of millennials or a lot of Zoomers? Uh, a lot of them, most of them, okay, understand in, somehow inside them that we need to support more reduced distributive things or we're not going to have anything. One or more. We're I, gonna... I would even lower it down a little bit. It's like everybody kind of has this idea. They know they're getting fucked. They don't know by who yes. quite exactly. They don't know exactly how. But everyone, especially young people, we kind of understand all right, You're getting I'm fucked. getting fucked. I'm getting fucked right now. Like, something's not working right. I went to school for four years. I got a bunch of debt. I'm supposed to be able to get a nice job and, you know, have an awesome time. Out. I got way more training than my parents. I work way fucking harder than my parents. And I get paid way less than my parents. What the fuck yes. is going on? And we had yeah, better technology not, not and an more abs- resources. Not, How is that yeah, possible? Not absolute, non-absolute numbers and relative numbers. Because, yeah, sure, you your, your parents were getting paid 30k, but 30k then was like 120 today, you know. So they could get like you know you could buy a fucking like for my grandma, I bet you could buy a car uh, for a dollar basically, well, not really, but you know what I mean, like really cheap. And and that's the fucking problem is that so the elites had a response to this. They kind of figure it out a couple of ways they can address this. Way number one. Uh, what they figured out is that we need to kind of keep, and this is, remember, reams of evidence for this too. They figured out that they need to support false people to kind of make younger people not focus on redistribution, okay? So that's, so, you know, that's where you get your Ben Shapiro, your Jordan Peterson, all these people that will go on YouTube and tell you, you know, you really just got to bust your ass more, or you just got to... And, and Andrew Tate and like the right wing... Kind of yeah. like red pill guys, they're kind of almost doing the same thing as well, but they're actually kind of using left wing rhetoric. Like Andrew Tate saying, "Like oh, you're in the matrix. You yeah. are in the matrix. You're getting fucked over. You know, uh, you need to get money, but the matrix is fighting mm-hmm. you. You know, nobody follows the rules. When you have power, and money, you don't follow the rules at all. The system's corrupt. It's not in your benefit." But then he flips it. He's like, "But it's because." You're not alpha male enough, or like yeah, you're not. Yeah, a dick or buy my enough. protein shake, or buy my exactly. Or you're not and working this, out enough. 
And he's very fucking intelligent because you can tell like his he's marketing his image is completely catered to the insecurities of young men perfectly. You know, he's like, look, I got a fucking Bugatti. Anybody that's telling you otherwise doesn't have a Bugatti so they can shut the fuck up. This is how you get the money. He's like, look, you know, the guy who's telling you other reasons for this happening, don't listen to them because I have these beautiful women that are serving me, that will sleep with me, that will do whatever I want whenever I want. Why would you listen to somebody else? Like, I, the system sucks, it's broken, and I know how we can get ours and not interact with it, okay? And so first a, step is to buy my course. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. I've been Jordan Peterson, Shapiro, Fox News, pretty, pretty much, you know. All of this is pretty much, they exist to kind of give you a different way to look at the world that doesn't go after the powerful, okay, or redistribute wealth and everything. Because they know that's coming up. Like, any time elites go to fucking Davos or any of these summits, the only the only thing they talk about, pretty much, is, like, two, two topics, okay? One economist famously said, while people were going up in Davos to talk about... Because Davos is the summit that's called in Switzerland, where all the billionaires come with private jets, okay? Um, or the World Economic Forum, I believe. Uh, okay. Like there is yeah. literally a secret cabal that runs the world. A lot, but but it's not secret. Not secret, but it's not secret. No, that's what I was gonna say. It's the, but it's not secret at all. Yeah. It's just they all do, the billionaires. They they have a couple of places they go to worldwide where they discuss how to basically run the world. Okay, one of them is in Switzerland. That's the most open one that we get to like take a sneak peek into. The two more they meet in. Um, Badenburg Castle, okay, 150 global elites meet, and we have no fucking clue what they say in there, okay? But they definitely talk about... The whole idea of that uh, Badenburg group existed in purpose to stop the world from being taken over by a populace like Hitler, okay? Uh, that's the origination uh, of it. And now, it keep global markets, it, their ability to globalize going to the future, and you have the Bohemian Grove in California, which is another famous example. Now, you know, Alex Jones points them out, but he's he, he's he's using it cynically to make money. He doesn't actually, he doesn't have the sophistication to understand what's actually going on. He's too fucking stupid, and he's greedy and selfish. So he doesn't have an incentive of telling the truth, so they just make up bullshit stories. But, but, but my whole point is, the elites know this, okay? They know that the system isn't working. That's what they discuss in the World Economics uh, Forum every single fucking time to go. That's where that economist made that joke that one year that said, oh, we're all going to go up on stage, but what we really should be handing out is whips so we can whip ourselves for all the sins we've been doing in the last couple of years because all they go and talk about is income inequality and how bad and how unsustainable the world is because they know what they're fucking doing, but they don't have the best solution. So what they do is they just, right now, is just let people focus on bullshit issues and keep us distracted. Well, they um, keep hoping that, that, like, you know, a godlike figure or, like, AI or somebody we'll is going to come and save us all. Which, nobody, God's not coming. Nobody's coming to save us. No. Unfortunately, we have to solve this problem on our own. The issue is why the elites are so incapable of solving this problem is because they are willing to try any solution as long as it doesn't touch a single cent of exactly. their big pile of cash. The and the unfortunate reality is that that's the only solution. The only solution to income inequality involves... Wait, there are two, there are two to be fair. What you're going to say is true, but there's another one. Carry on. One of the only uh, solutions 
to solve income inequality involves making the relative wealth of the elites less. Yes. <laughs> and as you know, even from Machiavelli, if you read his text very closely, he talks about this. He's like, people will let you have sex with their daughter, cheat on their wives, you know, torture them. But as soon as you touch their wealth, they will kill you. You know, because this, because wealth in the ultra-capitalist society means your protection. And that's why they're extremely terrified of any kind of movement that talks about redistribution of wealth. It's what's, it's why they wanted to fucking destroy Bernie Sanders. It's why uh, Michael Bloomberg, one of the richest people on the planet in the history of the universe, um, fucking saw Bernie as a true threat, and so did Obama. And they kind of um, uh, conspired to, you know, I mean, separately, or maybe even together, to stop him. Uh, you know, uh, the amount of money Bloomberg spent in his election was like $500 million, an outrageous amount. I mean, I mean, prior to that, I think the highest ever was like 100 or $200 million. And this guy was even for a primary, not even for a fucking nomination battle, which is absolutely fucking insane. So, no, because they know it's an issue. And Bernie Sanders scared the shit out of them because it's the first time somebody speaking that language got that close to power and got close to doing what they did. So they fucking panicked. Trump is a, Trump is a nuisance. He's just... He's an embarrassment, but he's not a threat to these people. Okay, so, not at all. So to yeah. get back to our like main idea, you know, why are rich people conservative or older people conservative and young people are liberal? Part of it is also this weird system that we got going is like because young people are broke and have no wealth and they're desperate, the wealthy older people, things are actually even better for them. Because yeah. now, you know, if young people had more money, they'd be less desperate. But because they're so desperate, wealthier older people can have cheaper, even cheaper services. And, you know, and an take, older yeah. guy can, like a 55-year-old guy can support a young lady on her OnlyFans account or be a sugar uh, a sugar daddy. Exactly. And, you know, there's lots more opportunities. It's nice to have you know, for some people, it's nice to have so much more relative wealth than other people because then they'll do whatever you want because they're desperate. Yeah, exactly. That's the, and so if you imagine if you lived in a much more equal world, okay, just just hypothetically speaking, do you know how much less pussy billionaires would get? I think first they wouldn't be billionaires, but them as individuals would guess because a lot of them have really toxic, awful personalities because they're so used to being rich for so long. And people, everybody bowing down to them, okay, and kissing their ass. And listen, uh, listener, believe me, 30 years of people kissing your ass and only hanging out with people who kiss your ass, I don't give a fuck who you are, okay? You will start thinking you are the greatest fucking person on the planet. If you're going to think you're laughing at your jokes. Every, everyone's laughing at your jokes. Everybody's coming up to you and begging and asking for more. It doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. You're going to think you are a walking god, okay? If these people had to live in a society where... Oh, anyways, back to what you said. Yeah, there are two main ways to do it, okay, before I get too much. You could either redistribute wealth, which is almost impossible to do, as Machiavelli has talked about, and, and even like a lot of lefties are coming to understand that the problem is, is that you really can't do that because they will kill you and fight way too hard. There's another way, and this way is kind of where the thinking is right now is that maybe what we ought to do is every time new wealth gets created, it goes to it goes to the people who created the wealth before it goes to the people who own the wealth, okay? So if you're creating wealth right now, let's say you're creating wealth by working at a convenience store or creating wealth working at a Walmart, 
you're, you're making money, okay, for your boss. Instead, how about we let you keep a larger portion of it? And that's kind of been the solution that, you know, right now has been taken as what to do and uh, hoping that it works. And it has been having some success, let's be real. You know, co-ops are increasing the wealth take-home from poor people have at least slightly gone up after a lot of people die during a pandemic. So there's been some uh, success in that front, and hopefully it will continue. Well, real quick, I just want to do a real quick Ukraine update, because we talk about the Ukraine-Russian war so often. So there was also a weird shit going on. So right now the Ukrainian offensive is going on. Um, I'm under the impression that I've been saying before Nothing's really going to happen. They're not. It's a stalemate. They're not going to be able to push. Um, and so far, they haven't really made any gains. Um, <clears throat> but the weirdest thing happened. Wagner, uh, the leader of Wagner, the owner of Wagner, Putin's personal chef, you know, he originally got his wealth uh, being a caterer for the Kremlin. He decided, he got the bright idea to take his troops from the front line, drive all the way to Rostov, shoot down a Russian fucking helicopter, and uh, hold hostage all the uh, generals and all the commanders in that headquarters. That was the southern command that's basically in charge of overseeing the Ukraine war. And then he decided to drive straight to Moscow to arrest or get rid of the higher-up generals. And Putin successfully convinced him to stand down, or rather, the leader of Belarus, Lukashenko, uh, convinced him. And everyone said that he took all his troops, went home to Belarus, but lately we found out that he's been wearing disguises, and funny disguises too, flying around Russia, just, you know, he's he's, uh, the, the Russian... Uh, National police raided the headquarters of Wagner, which is a private military organization. They got rid of their advertisements, but he's still flying around. We have our own, by the way, just so people know. We have our own PMs, private military. They used to be called Blackwater. That's actually the brother of Nancy, uh, not Nancy Pelosi, Betsy DeVos. The brother of Betsy DeVos, who was the former uh, education secretary in the Trump administration, her brother owns oh, yeah. the largest American private military company. And which no, 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 not the largest. Called. Not the largest. That's the funny part, is that that's, he only probably makes up for 10% of the market share. He's the most infamous because he hires mostly special forces. But there's actually way larger ones that we don't even know about because they're more like a blue ship corporation where, you know, very bland, very boring, but they just put in filler people. Like, they're just guards. They don't put in special forces like Blackwater. And pay people one hundred sixty thousand dollars to, or three hundred thousand uh, dollars a year to, you know, go Rambo on some brown people. But um, yeah, but I think it's important to say about Wagner too is that you know, uh, it's important to understand what happened. And as far as I'm concerned, what happened is is that the Russian government wanted to after Wagner kind of lost a lot of their troops trying to take a fucking Bakhmut. Putin and the gov and the, his administration has decided that instead of having Wagner fight independently, we should put it under the uh, control of the Mar- of the Russian military. The problem is um, the Wagner chief knows that if that happened, he would lose his only relevance. Is that the reason why people are paying attention to him? The reason why people are giving him any attention is because he runs this group, you know, and he didn't want to lose that. 
So he he's afraid that if he lost it, that they would fucking just arrest him and make him disappear. Because he's been having public fights with the highest generals in Russia. And he didn't want them to get rid of his army and then use this opportunity to arrest him and humiliate him. So he, he wanted to go and arrest all of these generals first and make them bargain with him a deal that make, makes him immune from being thrown in jail after he gives up his army. I, the Belarusian guy basically stepped in and said, no, 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 you can stay here with me. But the Wagner guy looks like he's still running around Russia <laughs> trying and, to... Uh, it, it seems like you know Vladimir Putin was trying to oust Prigovi. Uh, I don't know. I, I've been avoiding saying his name because uh, I don't know how to say his name. But the no, so you, owner don't, you don't want to say a slur. You don't want to say a slur yeah. in another language by mistake. Yeah, but uh, it seems like Vladimir Putin was trying to oust him, and I don't know how Vladimir Putin can deal with this kind of insolence and this betrayal because Vladimir Putin. You know, he's a strong man. He kills his opponents. Meanwhile, this guy fucking fucked up the war effort. This is wartime. You can't just be shooting down precious military equipment and turning around and leaving the front. Um, This is humiliating. So, I don't know. It seems like Vladimir Putin's maybe not as in control as people think he is. Or, and oh, maybe I after think... the war's over, he'll fucking murder every person that decided no, to support I, I... this guy. But no, right I, now, he seems like know, he man. can't. I, th- I, think, I think a couple of things. I think uh, two, I have two real quick thoughts on that. Uh, first thing, with uh, respect to the Ragnar guy, uh, he's been very useful for Putin in the past as a way to... So, like, uh, people who, are in, who have absolute control of a country... Uh, they also, nobody's ever absolutely control of a country. They have a loose network of people who are living off the corruption. Okay, so part of Putin's job is to help different factions uh, and make them fight off each other. So he has one faction, the oligarchs, okay, that want to run the country, and Putin has to keep them around because they own all the industry, but at the same time, he can't get rid of them because he needs them. He needs the oligarchs, and he needs uh, the military. The military is a secondary faction. And then you have the KGB, which is the third fa- I mean, whatever they're called now. The the intelligence community, which is like a third faction that runs the country. And then he had Wagner as like a minor faction. And Wagner was a good one to pressure the military. It was like a private army that he could call upon, that he could use, and play off the military. And he even had like the Chechen leader as another minor faction that he could use. So losing Wagner as a, a chess piece in his board doesn't help him, okay? If he wasn't at this war... And just to talk about the war for a bit, I mean, you can tell that it's not going very well when the Americans are talking about supplying the Ukrainians with cluster munition, okay, which is banned. You're talking about bombs that you drop and drop some bunch of other bombs, and then all of a sudden you have like a fucking thousand explosions instead of one. Those are been banned in most warfare because it, it, it kills people indiscriminately. It's not targeted, and it takes up huge areas. But we're talking about letting them now use cluster munitions, okay? Which I even think they're in this. I even think that Ukraine is in a treaty not to use, okay? But, the, but America's saying, "Fuck the treaty. Here's the, the cluster bombs. Have, have it your way. Use that against the Russian fortifications, okay?" Two, the Ukrainians are also asking for fucking F-16s, okay? that's a very advanced piece of equipment that you're going to supply them with. This is basically going to, you know, prolong the violence, prolong the death. 
that we're basically trying to throw as many Ukrainians at the problem as possible and seeing if that's going to be enough to push back the Russians. Okay, if they push back, good. If they don't, okay, we call for peace. But, you know, this is fucking disgusting. That was my two cents. Well, I appreciate your two cents. But I think, unfortunately, we've run out of time. So, folks, friends, comrades, people that once talked to me at a party and maybe be listening right now, even though I (laughs) told them not to, please don't listen. I don't want anyone in my real life listening to this podcast. Um, Appreciate you taking your time to listen. We bid you farewell. We're going to try to be more consistent in the future uh, with getting out episodes. Summer's been a little bit of a hiccup for me and Anthony. I'm going to play. We're not going to play. I was was deployed in. uh, I was deployed in. in, Ragnar? I mean. uh, I was deployed in some West African nation for a brief (laughs) short amount of time. Definitely not taking over precious minerals and threatening young kids to work harder and dig harder please whoever's listening to this you know feel free to write a comment under the videos on soundcloud shoot us an email uh however you if you have any comments you know you want to see you had a great time you have any questions we'd love to answer them um and uh we'll be a little bit more consistent i'm hoping going forward we've solved a lot of some technical difficulties but uh, i'm pretty confident about that and we'll see you again and thank you so much for tuning in this has always been fun all right Goodbye. Bye.